Welcome to the Only God Stories podcast, where we believe testimonies are powerful. In this podcast, your faith will be built as we hear from people from all walks of life who recognize the power of God in their lives. To hear more testimonies or for the opportunity to share a story of your own, check us out on our website at onlygodstories.org. Hi, everyone. Thanks for joining us today at Only God Stories, the podcast. I am so excited for today's episode because I get to introduce my mom to the podcast. Now, if you have subscribed to our email list and have read our ebook, the free download that comes by subscribing to our email list, then you will have read a story in that ebook about how I really give my mom credit for me searching for what we call only God stories in everything, everyday life. I think I put a story in there where a cooler like fell off the back of our car on the highway and we tried to go back and find it and it was gone. (laughs) And my mom was just like, well, I guess God intended it to be somebody else's. They must have needed it more than we did. And so that's how I was raised. I was raised looking for God in all of the small things in life. So I give this woman that credit. And she is here to share part of her story. And I am just beyond blessed and honored to have her join us on this podcast. So mom, her name is Julie to everybody else, but I will call her mom. But just so you know, her name is Julie. Uh, Please don't be uh, confused when I call her mom throughout the rest. You can know her name now and I won't reference it again for the rest of the podcast. She will forever not be else be known as mom. Oh, words are hard. Okay, mom. I'm so excited for you to be on this podcast. How about you just share a little bit about yourself with these listeners before we jump into your story? Well, um, goodness, I am married to Tiffany's dad. We've been married almost 40 years and uh, we had two beautiful kids and they blessed us and chose two other beautiful kids to, we, we get to call our own, our, um, in-laws or in-loves, I guess I should say, our daughter in love and our son in love. And we love them very much. And they blessed us with four amazing grandchildren. And um, God has been a central part of our marriage, always has been, as Tiffany alluded to, because um, we were so dedicated early on in our marriage to have a, a, good, a good, solid Christian home where we raise our children to know and love the Lord. And um Anyway, that's that's the basis. I work in accounting, which is boring to most people, but that's what uh-huh. I do. That's okay. I work, job. I work in like HR and benefits, which is always boring to a lot of people. Uh, we have right. we have the boring jobs, I guess. Yes, uh, yes. Mom, can you also share because you've lived many years? Um, you have lived many years, or had lived with a diagnosis. What was that diagnosis? Around year seven of our marriage. The kids were like three and five, and the kids uh, being me and my brother. I was you and your brother. Yes, you were three. <laughs> your brother Stephen. Don't want to make him nameless. You were three, and your brother. You're almost was nameless. Five. Your mom. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, we were three and five though. Exactly. We, I started having double vision and dizziness, mm-hmm. and I went to the doctor, and they ran all kinds of tests from MRIs to blood work to. You name it, uh, spinal taps to rule out any other diagnosis or many diagnoses. But on January 23rd, 1992, I was told I was diagnosed with MS. Um, mm-hmm. 
of course, not knowing anything about MS, fear and shot you didn't have me. Google back then. Like, no, there's a lot of unknowns. Yeah, no right. Google. Yeah. That's true. No Google. And um, the day I was in that doctor's office and heard this news, I was just, I was devastated. I was fearful. I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know anything about it. Mm-hmm. And, um, but I did know immediately that um, I didn't want to be an invalid wife for Don to take care of. And I didn't, and I wanted my desire, my heart's desire was to be able to hold my babies. They were still so young and small. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I, because a I, lot of people with that diagnosis can't do those things. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. As I came to learn. Right. And God gave me the verses. Psalms 37, 3 and 4. Trust in the Lord and do good. And dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. And delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. And I stood on those verses and still do. Uh, nothing's changed since 1992 in that. Uh, but and the, the evening I received the diagnosis, we let our church staff know what was going on. We were still in Oklahoma at this time. You were raised mostly in Texas, but we were in Oklahoma at this time in our small church. Rallied around us, there were like 30 people gathered in our small home that uh, anointed with anointed me with oil and prayed for me. And within time, the dizziness and the double vision went away and I didn't have any problems for several years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then several years into that diagnosis, like there was also just out of nowhere, you started experiencing these grand ball seizures. So for anybody that doesn't really know about seizures, there are small seizures where somebody just kind of looks off into space. And then there's these grand mall seizures. And I will never forget your first seizure because we were all in the car. Thank goodness you were not driving. My dad was driving and I was sitting behind you. And I, re- I remember like I was just rubbing your shoulders. Like I was just kind of giving you a little back massage. And, yes. and I sat back in my seat and I don't know why I was giving you a massage. I was just a good daughter. See, mom? Yes. Yeah, yeah, just you just reached up and patted me. You're yeah, like, I was you know, yeah. doing my best to be a good daughter. And then you just had this grand mal seizure. And so you start mm-hmm. seizing. And then all of a sudden, whenever it stops, so whenever somebody stops having such a large seizure, they just go to sleep because their body like just ran a marathon, basically. Mm-hmm. Like you just got right. hit by a bus is what it feels like. Right. And you just go to sleep. And I'm I'm probably eight years old at this time. And uh, three to eight, yeah, five years difference between diagnosis and this um, this seizure. And you just went to sleep. And I remember dad booking it to a hospital and right. just like paddled all the way down. Right. Like, everybody was scared. I thought you were dead. And yeah, right. I really did. No, I thought, I'm, I'm never giving anybody a back massage again. That's <laughs> kind of how I thought. I don't want to touch anybody's back. I'm not, no, I'm never going to rub somebody's shoulders. Again, and because uh, I was eight, I didn't know what was going on, um, but I thought you were just gone right there. And um, I know that there were some tests and scans and all the things. Can you share about what the doctors thought about those seizures with the sure. listeners? Sure. Well, by the time this happened, we had moved to Texas. Uh-huh. And um, in fact, we had just pictured out. I had just been driving less than two. Oh, I didn't know that. Probably. We just mm-hmm. picked your dad up at the airport. He traveled a lot at that time. 
Yeah. And we went to get him and um, he got he got in the car to drive and it happened just mm-hmm. north of the airport and DFW. And um, but again, we were attending uh, a church that rallied around us again and they prayed for me and anointed me with oil and and the initial MRIs showed that I had a brain tumor. Mm-hmm. Um, through a series of visits with different doctors, they sent me to a brain surgeon at UT Southwestern in Dallas, mm-hmm. which was such a blessing because not only was he there, but there were other um, doctors that were foremost authority in all their fields mm-hmm. at that hospital. Well, they had determined they were going to do surgery on me yeah. and move that tumor and mm-hmm. see what it led to because we didn't know at that time well but i was in his office the day before surgery and he walks in and he says well the day like i just want to i want to highlight that right here this was the day before mm-hmm. an invasive brain surgery okay like right. they were ready to cut open her brain and like i remember like prepping mm-hmm. for my mom to have brain surgery and mm-hmm. yes and back I won't say back then, still common. I mean, seizures can commonly be caused by some type of tumor. And yes. so, I mean, it it made sense. But anyway, I just want to highlight that. This was the day before brain surgery. Right. right, the day before. He walks into the office. We were there for a pre-op surgery or a pre-op appointment. And uh, he says, well, with your given history of MS, I spoke with a neurologist on campus that is the foremost authority on MS in the country, perhaps mm-hmm. the world. Elliot Froman is his name. I'll forever be grateful to him. Yeah. And also on campus from out of state, I don't even know where the gentleman was from, or it could have been a female, I don't even know, but there was an oncologist there, mm-hmm. um, a brain oncologist wow. that looked at my scans, and they, the three of them together determined that the spot that they thought was the tumor, yeah. 24 hours before was a tumor. They determined it was what is called an MS plaque. It was from MS. Mm-hmm. And it was um, very close to the surface of my brain, which I've learned is where all the electric activity in your brain happens. And it was affecting the brain activity and electrical activity that current that goes around your, your brain, which was causing the seizures. Mm-hmm. So... God intervened miraculously yeah. by having all those men and, and women at one place mm-hmm. uh, to to look at my scans and make that determination before I had an unneeded surgery and and um, and, God, and God just was just stepped in. He just yeah. showed up, right? Yeah. Some, yeah. Sometimes He shows up through like a miracle in the moment. Other times mm-hmm. He shows up by sending just the right doctor at the right exact the time. Right in time. this case, two doctors. One who's mm-hmm. not even from there is present right. to speak into it. And mm-hmm. the one of the most well-known or renowned, whatever word you want to use, yes. like neurologist, like that's so amazing in the MS world. Like that's, I just remember as a kid and how this was such a, like, even though my mom was going through obviously something terrible, that was a huge faith building moment for me. And just yeah. how those people were all in the right place in the right time. That literally saved you from brain surgery. Right. Now, it didn't right. take away your diagnosis. It didn't take away right. your symptoms. Right. But my goodness, like that in and of itself is 
a God story that these people were all in the right place at the right time to exactly. keep you from going into a, an unnecessary brain surgery. That's just incredible. Right. Right. Exactly. Uh-huh. Wholeheartedly agree. And this, the, um, the seizures lasted for off and on. Like I would go six months to a year and not have any seizures. Mm-hmm. And they, it was like that for maybe 13 years. Yeah. I was trying to piece it all together um, last night, trying to think about how long it was from beginning to end. Mm-hmm. And it was about 13 years. And um, uh, as, as time passed and the seizures started going away, they would do MRIs about every year to check the status and nothing ever changed. The MS didn't progress. The spots didn't go away. They didn't grow. They didn't, they didn't multiply. They did. There was just like no MS activity at all Mm -hmm. going on. And I quit having seizures. Mm -hmm. And, um, after about year, I'd say 17, maybe 16 after the first seizure, I was like, you know what? I don't want to take any more MRIs. They were very, they're very taxing on your body and on your brain itself and i i was like i'm i'm i just don't want to do anymore and you can treat me for the seizures mm-hmm. but um i never took any medicine for ms i really know and this isn't for everyone this is just where god had me and laid on my heart right. to not take any of the meds that they they offered to me for ms mm-hmm. and at one point my neurologist that i was going to said you know if you weren't, if you were on meds, I wouldn't know whether to take you off or not because I wouldn't know if the meds were helping you, or if he yeah. was a Christian, or if God was healing you. Mm-hmm. So, for me, that was that was the decision God laid on my heart early on was not to take the, the MS medication, and I'm so thankful I didn't because um, that I could have been on it the rest of my life and not needed it. Mm-hmm. Basically. Right. Yeah. And God, like yeah. we said, God can heal through all kinds of different all kinds ways, of including yep. medicine, doctors, miraculous mm-hmm. healing. Uh, right. Yeah. That's incredible. Sorry. You are, you so, are still talking. Go so, ahead. yeah. So around, like I said, around years 17 or 18, I, or maybe even earlier than that, I said, no more, no more MRIs because the, nothing new was showing up. Mm-hmm. And I quit having seizures after 13 years of having seizures. I just stopped having them. And so after 10 years of being on seizure medication with no seizures, I went to the doctor and I said, and, and I will say this, around year 18 after, well, it was after, I guess, it have been year five of no having seizures mm-hmm. between the five and eight year range. God started really working on me like, do you really need to be on that medication? But that, that in as of itself is a faith. It's yeah, a, it's a, it's a right. huge step of faith, especially so. with those kind of seizures. Like exactly, just yes. they go off any type of medicine that supposedly yes. suppresses them. Like that's a big step of faith to go right. off that. So I really wrestled with God on that for a good two years because, like they told me about the MS medicine, mm-hmm. I'm like, is it the medicine that's keeping me well? Or yeah. Am I not ever going to have another seizure? You know? Yeah. So after 10 years of no seizures, 
being seizure-free, I went to the doctor and I said, okay, I, in my heart, I'm thinking, okay, God, it's you and me, you know, mm -hmm. I'm going to step out on this faith that you give me to do this. And I asked the doctor if I, if he thought it was a good idea if I got off this seizure medicine, because I've been 10 years seizure-free. And he said, it's kind of funny what he said to me. He said, well, if you go off your seizure meds, you won't need to come and see me anymore. And I'm thinking, I wonder if I've been on medicine that you just wanted to see me and I didn't really need to be taking it. You know, so I said, Possibly, I, I, yeah. give a, I said, I really think I want to give it a try. And he said, mm -hmm. well, okay, you can start tapering off. He gave me like a two month plan to taper off the medicine. But honestly, and, that is even more of a faith step because now you're going to be off the medicine, but you're also not yes. going to have access to him anymore. Right. Like, so that's mm -hmm. kind of double hard. Yeah. Yeah, it was. It was, it was truly a step of faith because I didn't know. I didn't mm -hmm. know at that time what was, if God had healed me mm -hmm. or if, if, um, the, the seizure medication was doing its job. Right. So. I'll How long ago was that? In March of 2022, mm -hmm. I took my last dose of seizure medication and I haven't had a seizure. Yeah. Up That's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. So we're so, like a over a year and a half removed. Right. Which is awesome. One year and eight months. So good. Yes. 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 One year and eight months. That's amazing. Yes. I love it. And you lived so long with that diagnosis and that's no longer a part of your life. You lived so long taking that seizure medicine. And some people do live a long time of praying, being anointed by oil, praying for healings, and it just doesn't seem to come. Right. And we don't always know the answer to that. What was it like praying for healing for so many years when it didn't seem like it was ever coming? Well, you know, I, I really thought about my prayer life um, in the past 20 years, 30 years, however long it's been since 1992. It's so long ago. Yeah. You know, it's the number of years. Mm -hmm. um, but I tell you, Tiffany, I don't remember praying a whole lot for healing. I thanked God for my healing. As if it had mm -hmm. already happened. Mm -hmm. I thanked him every day that I felt good, that I was having no issues. And I just, I just kept positive and I kept think, thanking him for healing rather than pleading for it. Mm -hmm. I had you and your brother, your dad. I had all my family. I had people around me praying for my healing. Mm -hmm. I just thanked him for it mm -hmm. because I knew it was coming. I just had faith that it was coming. Mm -hmm. And, um, uh, one time I was in, um, and I wish I'd written the words down to the song, but, um, maybe you can find a snippet of it and play some of it if you can in your podcast, but it's called, I was in an MRI and they said, do you want to listen to any music while you're in there? And I said, just play the Christian radio station in town. They turned it on and it was my life is in your hands by Kathy mm -hmm. Tricoli. And that is truly God speaking to me that my life was in his hands and he's in control. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's kind of how I lived it out because truly I, there wasn't anything I could do to change things. I couldn't make it better or worse. I just put my life in his hands and, and just trusted him. Yeah. And that's all so, we can do with the, all, all we can, can do. do. And for anybody out there, because uh, like like I said, there are so many people still praying for their own breakthrough. There are right. still so many people out there who didn't receive the type of healing they thought they would. 
And, you know, we talked about in our last po- last podcast on how during hard times, like God is still good in those hard times. And it can be really hard to understand that. But uh, it's true. God is good. And I pray that this story of just even being miraculously saved from a brain surgery, eventually finding healing. It was, it was not like a one one and done prayer, miraculous healing from my mom. It was many years, many years of prayer from a lot of people and many anointings, many everything that you can imagine just seeking that healing for her. And she's now living without those medications and without those uh, that, that diagnosis. And it's just amazing. Um, and I'm praying for that for the people listening. I do pray that for you if you are seeking your own healing and praying to God and thanking God in advance for that healing. And we don't always understand why God moves and why it seems like he doesn't, but he is always moving. We just don't really know the full story. So I pray that you find encouragement in this story. I pray that it blesses you. I know that, man, once again, having my mom on here blesses me. And she's a big reason that I do search for the stories that I do in my life and attribute absolutely everything, including the little things to God. Because even when life's hard, like they're like God is good. And there are moments in your day where you can experience whatever it is, a God wink, just a glimpse of God. Um, But whatever it is, I just hope that you're able to find those moments to attribute to God in your own life. And uh, in the meantime, mom, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today and sharing your only God story. It's been so nice having you and everyone else. We will see you in a couple weeks. Thank you for listening to the Only God Stories podcast. Be sure to follow us on social media as we share more stories like these. And don't forget to check out our website at onlygodstories.org for more information on how you can share how the power of God has moved in your life.